Yes, that was a great contribution, brother. Thank you for what you said. That was incredible, encouraging, very encouraging. I know we're meant to be here at the NOAA Center. What a great place that we have to meet. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we have the kids in here for uh, until the end of the month. Until, I'm sorry, until the end of the year. Uh, and then they'll be back in uh, worship. They'll be worshiping with us. And then they'll be back in children's ministry. So if it feels a little louder, it is a little louder. That's okay. We're going to enjoy ourselves anyway and have a good time being together, worshiping God. So I'm excited about that. Um, I, I'm saying that I know we're meant to be here in uh, the NOAA Center because uh, for some reason God desired, uh, decided to uh, have the NOAA Center hire two of our disciple sisters from the South region. Amen. And Karen Dixon, who is one of, the, one of those sisters, runs the place. So whatever you want, we get it. Amen? I'm just kidding. That'll be fun. Karen will love that for sure. Regardless, I, uh, I wanted to share here this morning, you know, when Laura and I moved here, um, we, we knew we were going to be here for a while, so we were looking forward to buying a house. And a couple years ago, we, we finally bought a house. And in doing so, we were thinking, okay, you know, our kids are older. Uh, we've got a 26-year-old, a 21-year-old, uh, and then uh, that guy over there who's 16, Trey, somewhere in that area over there. And uh, we thought, well, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be out. Little by little, they're going to be out. And so maybe, Laura, we should just get a three-bedroom. And we looked at some three-bedrooms, and we thought, hmm, maybe we should just in case get a four-bedroom. So we bought a four-bedroom, thinking, ah, we'll be fine, no problem. We'll have a guest room. Whoever wants to come visit with us, they can stay there. Lo and behold, that didn't happen. Our kids all moved back in, all, every one of them. They just keep coming back. And they don't stop. And for some reason, we can't get rid of Trey, even at 16. He still wants to stay here. I know. Wow is right. Wow is right. Amen. Feel the love today. You know, the funny thing is, is um, Laura and I have been married 22, almost 23 years now. And in that amount of time, I've realized that uh, over the years, I've really not done the greatest job of making her feel radiant and loved. And I've not been the best husband and example of a father and a husband to my kids. And one morning I was out praying to God at, uh, uh, in my neighborhood, taking my dog Coda on a walk, and I was praying and, and talking louder than normal, and I all of a sudden heard a voice, and I was praying about my children about, Lord, I, I wonder why they keep wanting to come back. And um, I heard the Holy Spirit say inside of me, so that you can learn. And I said, what? And this is no joke. I literally was having a conversation at 5.30 in the morning. Nobody's around. It's dark. And I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. And he's also, so that you can learn and so that you can teach them how to have a better marriage in the way that you meant or should have done the last 20 plus years. And I just started crying and bawling right there thinking, you know what, that's why my kids are back. So that I can learn to be a better example to them. So that I can grow in that. You know, there's some uh, scriptures we're going to look at here this morning 
And uh, let me turn my little clicker on here. We started last week uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to continue on in there just for a little bit and talk a little bit more because I think what we're going to talk about this morning is in the vein of what I just shared right there about being an example, about imitation, about being an imitator and being worthy of imitation. And it says right here in 1 Thessalonians, I can't even say the word, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, it says, we know, for we know, brothers... Loved by God, that he has chosen you. And I'll stop there for a second because I think that, that statement, he has chosen you, I said it last week. And we're going to talk about it again and again because we, I, all of us, we've got to believe that he has chosen us. And that he's put us here for a reason. It's not just by happenstance, not on accident. There's no accident to what God does. He's intentional. And so every one of us here has a reason for being here. Whether you're visiting today or whether you're a member of this church, you're here for a reason. And God chose you. And maybe you just don't know that he chose you yet, but he chose you. And he keeps choosing you. And he loves to choose you. And that's how God works. That's how he rolls. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Then it goes on and says, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. And we talked just a smidge about our gospel and what that means, our gospel, because there were a lot of gospels going on back then. To understand and to realize and to believe that our gospel is the gospel. It's the one and only. It's the one that we follow. It's the one that we share with others. It's the one that we live out. But I want to hinge that with this right here when it says power and the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Not a little conviction. Not half conviction. But full conviction. What does that mean, full conviction? Well, I think it means twofold. One, it means how we present the conviction of our gospel, and how we present the Word of God, and how we present the Holy Spirit in our lives. But it's not just that. It's not just how we present it. It's how we receive that conviction, how we live out that conviction, how we show others that conviction, you know, how it manifests itself day to day in our lives, in our home life, at work. Is it, is it kingdom first? Do we live out the kingdom first heart in our lives? How does this play out in our walk with God, this full conviction? Are we the same person at work, and at home, as we are in this room right here today. You know, I think even as we have our kids in here this morning, a litmus test that's really powerful, and I just even shared about my relationship with Laura and not being the greatest example to my kids of what they have in a marriage. I think the litmus test, dads and moms, is our children right here. How do we live out our gospel and our full conviction at home? How is it manifested in our walk? Do our kids wake up in the morning and see us with the Bible open? Or see us praying? 
Do they see us living that way? Are they excited about what we're excited about when it comes to our relationship with God? And I think even this is true. It's not just for parents, but if you're single in here, what about your roommate? What do they see in your life and your walk with God at home? You know, the scripture goes on and it says, You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith, your faith in God has gone forth. But your faith in God has gone forth so that we need not say anything. There it is right there. Man, what a powerful set of scriptures we just got done reading right here. And that's exactly what we're talking about right here. That's what the crux of those scriptures were all about. Imitation. Imitating. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of imitating you used to do when you were kids with your little brother or little sister. When they'd say something, you'd say something, and they just kept doing it and kept doing it in a car ride that was five hours long before your parents wanted to pull over and say, don't make me come back there. That's not the imitation we're talking about here. We're talking about an imitation that's powerful and effective. You know, there's a brother that um, I knew in San Diego, and he's since gone on to be with the Lord, an incredible, incredible man. He was a doctor out there, and I became a Christian in 1995, became a disciple in 1995, and Tom Arnett, uh, about three months into my walk with God, said, hey, Alan, I'd love for you to come over, and uh, let's hang out and have a quiet time together. And I thought, well, that's interesting. He's married. He's got a wife and kids. He was older at that time, and his kids were uh, uh, moved on and moved out and what have you. But, but I said, okay, sure, I'll come over. So I came over, and he made me a smoothie, and we sat there and talked for a while, and then uh, we read some scripture, then we went out and prayed. And then a few days later, he uh, called me up. We didn't text back then because we didn't have cell phones like that back then. In fact, when I first went to ministry, uh, I had a pager. Mm. Talk about painful. Every time that pager went off, I had to stop and, and get a what? Go to a what? Payphone. There you go. Pretty soon we're going to be playing with the VCRs. Happy with that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, my wife is saying, Alan, quit dating yourself right there. Stop it. Regardless, so uh, a few days later, he uh, called me up and said, hey, Alan, why don't you come over uh, on Saturday? Let's have another quiet time. Every week. Over and over again, Tom and Alan, smoothie, sometimes he'd make me breakfast, we'd just hang out, we'd have quiet times, we'd talk about uh, what it meant to have a godly relationship, what it meant to be a godly man, what it meant to be a godly single, and that went on and on and on for years. I miss that man, because he instilled in me a power that comes from his relationship with God. And he was a man worthy of imitation. 
He was a man worthy of wanting to imitate. And I was new in the ministry, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I became a Christian four months later. I went in the ministry, and here I am 25 years later, still in the ministry. But I still remember the things I learned from him that were worthy of imitation. Because he was worthy of imitation. You know, Tom wasn't the only guy that I've experienced that with over the years. And there's many guys that I've enjoyed those relationships with. But I think about even right here in this room, you know, Todd Assad. Every so often I'll think about, well, how would Todd say that? And I would say it the way Todd would say it. Or I would think about George Santellan and, and i think about, man, I want to imitate his calves. No, not really. Although I do want to imitate his calves. But I think about George and just how calm of a reserve that he has in him. He is just just not going to get him riled up. Now, Sherry might say differently, but we're not talking about that right now. But I just think about those guys, or, or Ken Garcia. You know, I was going through my list past few days, and I was looking at the list of people in our region here and thinking about people that I imitate. But Ken, Ken's one of the most encouraging brothers I know. You could be having the hardest day, and all of a sudden, a text message from Ken comes over, and you're like, ah, it's going to be all right. Or, or one that I love so much is this guy right here. Um, Juan, stand up for a second. Have you ever had a Juan hug? Oh. He, he, he sizes you up, you're far away, and he starts like this, and he moves in little by little, and you're like, oh, Lord, brace myself, because the ribs are going to be broken after this. Let's try it, Juan, right here, right here, right here, there it is. Oh, see, there it is, right there. Oh, man. But, but that, that's, that's the kind of imitation right there. That's the kind of guy that you want to imitate, that kind of stuff. That's powerful. That's effective imitation. He says, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. The beauty of it is we're not alone in doing this. We've got people all around us. But I wonder who would imitate you in this room? Who do you imitate in this room? Who do you look at and say, that's what I want to imitate, that part of their character? And who might look at you and say, that's what I want to imitate, the way they are right there? Because that's what God is talking about. We know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and the Lord. You know, I love this scripture because the two go hand in hand, don't they? You became imitators of us and the Lord. In other words, it's saying, Paul's saying to them, because you imitate the Lord, you became imitators of us. If you imitate the Lord, you're worthy of imitation. The challenge with that is if we don't know what the Lord is worthy of imitation of, then how are we going to imitate the Lord? And then who's going to imitate us? You see, we got to get in God's Word to know what Jesus is all about, don't we? But I think too often we get busy and we get all these things going on and we forget about opening God's Word and saying, okay, here's what Jesus is worthy of imitation of. He did this and he lived this way and he acted this way and that's how I'm going to act. 
Because eventually somebody's going to look at you and say, wow, there's something different in that person right there for sure. It says, and you receive the word in much affliction. Don't we, don't we have a lot of affliction going on sometimes, church? I mean, I've got this warm spot on my, on, in my laundry room that goes into my bathroom in my, my, uh, my uh, master bedroom there. And a warm spot means that you have a slab leak. Talk about affliction. If it couldn't get any worse, I'm just thinking there's more money that I got to pay right there. And it just never ends. And it's just one thing after the other. Well, I got to step back and say, well, hey, at least I have a house that I own. But it just, it, it, it's, it's more than that. We, we have affliction in fighting with our spouse or, or our children. And, and, and sometimes uh, the tough things are, are our children making poor choices or stress at work. We feel stress at work or health issues or hurting. Somebody hurts us by what they say, the feelings that we get in our life and the struggles that we feel. It just never ends. Exactly. You know, there's this uh, scripture in Luke, chapter 1, verse 78, and I love this scripture, and this is the message version, and every once in a while, I'll throw the message version in there because of things that it says the way it says. It says, through the heartfelt mercies of your God, of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. He says, you receive the word even in affliction because you believe this right here. This is exactly what God desires of us. He goes on, he says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, you know, as we repent as we learn, as we grow, as we mature, we become worthy of imitation. We're not going to be perfect. There's not a perfection that we experience, that we got it all down and that everything is going well. But there's nothing better than looking at somebody and saying, that person is trying to grow. How are they growing? How are they changing? And imitating that. People who are in the fight every single day. Willing to put themselves out on the line because of their love for Christ. He goes on and he says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded, uh, oh, I'm sorry, but your faith has gone forth everywhere. I'm sorry, I skipped a section right here. No, 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 no. Oh, no, what am I going to do? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just messing with you. But your faith in God, actually, uh, I want to step back here for a second. For not only has the word of the Lord, just pretend like you see it up on the screen. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Oh, there it is right there. I'm sorry. There it is. So we need not say anything. You imitated those who are imitating the Lord. You were willing to imitate those in this room who are imitating the Lord. And he says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia, in other words, not only did you share God's word, but your life shared it as well. And your life shared it so powerfully 
that others were willing to imitate. And so the, the, the general order of the cause and effect, the causes, Paul comes in and he says, hey, look at who we are. We are men worthy of respect. And the people looked at them and said, yes, they are men worthy of respect. And we want to follow them. And so they followed them and they saw the way that they were changing. They saw the way that they were growing. And so in turn, they started growing themselves so that others were willing to follow them and imitate them. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, just here, but it has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. I don't know if you can ever truly know how many people watch you every day and what you do. And even more so if you call yourself a Christian. When people look at you at work and you proclaim and profess to be a Christian, they're watching you. And maybe, just maybe, they're only watching you for a short time. Because they see you and they see somebody who's not really following God. But maybe, just maybe, they're looking at you every day and they're waiting for you to trip up. And, and then you trip up, but then you come back and you apologize. And like, dogs, I almost had them right where I wanted them. And they're looking, and they're looking, and they're starting to see things. And they see things in you that you're changing and that you're growing. And they say, how can I get that? How can I be that? I want that. I want to understand what they've got. I want to imitate that. Because people do look. They do watch. Either good or bad, they see us. Whether we're good or whether we're bad, whether we're naughty or nice, whatever way it is. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the food, like Jordan said five or ten times, which I'm grateful for the food. But I'm really grateful for the people that I get to watch in this room and outside of this room. And I see their desire to change. You know, there's a guy in here that I've been studying the Bible with for a while. And I've seen him change in ways that I could never imagine. He doesn't know it, but he's closer to God than I think he's ever been before in his life. And he thinks, man, I'm a blow-up case. And I look at him and think, no, you're an example of what God does when he works in people's lives to change. And that's worthy of imitation. That's worthy of imitation. He says, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. It's almost a drop-the-mic situation right there. Just drop it and walk off. Got nothing else to say. You know, as we get ready to take the Lord's Supper this morning, I want to ask you this. Who are you imitating? Who are you willing to imitate to grow in your relationship with God? But remember this. They've got to be imitating the Lord. And so if you are being watched and 
worthy of imitation, make sure that your imitation comes from God's word and that you're willing to imitate God's word and that you're willing to imitate the Lord and that you're willing to see what Jesus is and that you're in the word and you're studying it out so that you can understand what imitation is all about. So that when someone imitates you, they imitate what God teaches them and teaches you to be through Jesus. This week, I want to encourage you to set a reminder in your phone. And I know we all have them. We've all got reminders in our phones. But I want to encourage you to set a reminder in your phone. Take that reminder and in it, write one thing. One sentence, not one thing, one sentence. What can I grow in to be worthy of imitation of? What can I grow in to be worthy of imitation of? Keep looking at that, pray about it, and think about what is the one area that I can go after this week that I can be worthy of imitation of. Maybe you're doing a great job of it. Maybe you are already worthy of imitation. Or maybe you need to grow a little bit more. Either way, whatever the situation is, what is the one thing that I can grow in that I can be worthy of imitation of so that we can all imitate those who follow Jesus and imitate the Lord who gave his life for us, who died on the cross to save our lives, to save our souls. Let's go to God in prayer.